Hello and welcome to the Rejoicing Together podcast, a ministry of Maysville Baptist Church, where we share stories of God's transforming power as seen in the lives of our church members. Well, hello and welcome to the Rejoicing Together podcast. My name is Nate Trawick, and I am joined today by the Redmond family. I've got Miss Angie, uh, Eric, and Mr. Bobby. Guys, thank you for being here today. Well, thank you, thank you for having us. Well, we're, we're glad, glad to, to be share here. with you. Yeah, yeah, looking forward to it. So maybe just share a little bit about each of you guys. So, uh, you know, family, church experience, just kind of the basics. Uh, well, yeah, I, I'm Bobby. Of course, you said we have Angie and the, the rock star, the family, Eric, <laughs> uh, here today. And, 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 you know, we've been at Maysville for a number of years now. And, uh, you know, it's actually we, we came to Maysville uh, after Eric's accident. And then, you know, we were kind of led here by the youth and, and, and what was going on, the, the things that were happening here. Of course, I'm originally from Maysville. And and our family's first home was here in Maysville. Okay. Uh, we live in Commerce now, but our first home was in Maysville, and, and both our kids, including Eric, were born in, in Maysville. Okay, uh, very cool, very cool. So maybe just share, um, I know a lot of people probably see you, Eric, walking around church with a walker. Um, I'm sure maybe people who are newer maybe haven't even heard the story, so maybe just share, each of you guys can jump in a little bit about uh, what happened with Eric's crash. Well, I, I'll start. I mean, Eric... Uh, doesn't remember a lot about his car accident mm. uh and that's a good thing mm. uh but uh you know as uh w- when the accident happened and 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 myself and i know uh, angie too we we still get a little emotional uh talking about it even though it's still june 12th to be 19 years mm. uh, yeah, this year uh, ago so uh but uh you know when something happens in your life that's uh changes it in the blink of an eye, it, 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 it leaves, it leaves a mark, yeah. you know? So, so, uh, so we still, uh, and I don't think that's a bad thing, but you might hear our voices crack, uh, during this and that's okay. Yeah. Uh, but, uh, you know, the, the day of the accident, uh, I, I was actually, uh, am retired, uh, a volunteer fireman, uh, from commerce. And, uh, uh, I came in from work, uh, that afternoon and met Eric in the, uh, in in the driveway and uh, asked him, you know, where you going, buddy? And uh, going to help with swimming lessons and then later to a friend's surprise birthday party at a mm-hmm. swimming pool. So, uh, you know, the June afternoon doing what a 16-year-old does. And, mm-hmm. and, and a friend of mine had helped me to actually help him. Uh, he had a little project going on in his house and he needed a little help and asked me to help him. So he pulled up about that time. So, I, you know, Eric and I, uh, said goodbyes and uh, uh, Angie and Aaron, our daughter, had traveled out in the Gwinnett area. They were doing some shopping that afternoon, and uh, uh, I got a phone call. Uh, you know, seemed like about a little more than an hour after that, and uh, uh, yeah, I didn't have my uh, response pager with me. I didn't have time to go in the house and pick it up, and it was the fire chief. And he said, "Eric, Bobby, where are you?" Uh, there's been a bad accident, and Eric is being life-flighted to Grady Hospital. Uh, you know, that's kind of thing you just don't forget. So, uh, But uh, immediately after that, I met the fire chief and assistant chief back at my house, and, and we proceeded to Atlanta. Uh, and, you know, they, they drove me to, to the Grady Hospital and hadn't talked to Angie or any other family member at the time. And on the way, uh, the first phone call I made was to uh, a brother-in-law that lived in Forest Park because uh, 
not knowing the condition Eric was in, but I knew he was going to be in an unfamiliar place by himself. And, and, and I asked my brother, you go to the hospital, meet the helicopter, just so somebody's there. And he did. Uh, and then the next thing was uh, trying to find us. Trying to find. I, I actually got in touch with another brother-in-law, which is Angie's brother, uh, because I knew he would could get in touch with them or try to get in touch with them and try to explain and, and get them to the hospital to meet me. And and uh, I don't know how he did that, but but he did. We arrived at the hospital about the same time. So we'd uh, gotten a so. phone call, and you know you think about how far phones and, and technology and all that's come since then you know um you didn't have much of a service and you sure didn't have a service if you was in the mall you know so we went to discover mall to get some things we were going on vacation in two weeks and Aaron wanted to ride out there and it was a pretty afternoon and I said well we'll just well I'll ride with you and we'll ride out there and my conversation was still about the same with Eric is like but he just skipped helping tonight with um, swimming lessons. It was my sister. He helped in swim lessons. I said, just ride with us, and we'll all go as a family and get us something to eat, you know. And and because um, Erin was home from college, and, you know, she was in college, so she wasn't home very much. But I looked at him, and he said, no, Mama. He said, it's uh, one of my football players, Moose's birthday, and said, we're going to surprise him back over at Rob Brown's. It was Rob and Russ Brown's house is where he was going. They was going to have a surprise birthday party for him. And I said, well, be careful. I said, be careful. And that was it. Mm-hmm. He can remember, and I guess Eric could share, he can remember up to about lunchtime Lunch that day. Time. But <laughs> mid-afternoon till about six months later, it was just like he just slept through it, you know. Mm-hmm. But but mm-hmm. my brother did get in touch with Erin. When, when she got back in the car, we had enough service that it come on that she had a missed phone call from Tommy. And she said, what? You know, Erin answered, and she said, Eric's been in a big, a bad accident. Y'all just stay still. And I just looked at her and I said, well, tell her we're okay. We're together. We can drive back to Commerce. And they said, no, you don't understand. He's been life-flighted. Mm-hmm. And the next thing I know, he, he told us to sit there at the mall and wait. So he come and got in the car and drove us to Grady. We left my car just there. But we did. We, we both, all, all of us and some people from Commerce showed up about the same time at the Grady you know, I remember thinking I had to stop and, and go through a security, and all I wanted to do was get to Eric, you know, and here I was in Atlanta Hospital having to go through security, mm-hmm. you know, what you remember, you know. And um, from then we realized that he was going into emergency surgery. Um, he had internal injuries, and we thought, well, okay, they'll fix him up and he'll be okay. And so for some reason I kept thinking if he was going to Grady, he was burned. You know, and, and I'm thinking it's a burn unit. Never thought about the trauma and that kind of stuff. I just kept thinking, oh, we had to get burned some way or something, you know. Mm-hmm. But it was after we arrived that we realized how bad things were. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, I, I had a, you know, a little bit of knowledge of what was going on. Uh, just, you know, being with the fire chief and, and actually knowing what happens in accidents and, 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 you know, the protocol as to who goes to what hospital and what's going on. And, and I knew, you know, Grady was the number one trauma center in the southeast. And, and so, so I knew that something was bad. And, and we actually called a couple of times uh, to the hospital on the way. And you know, all they would really say is, is he still alive? That's, you know, pretty, pretty much it. And, and when we got to the hospital, it, it was, as, as Angie said, I mean, uh, you know, Grady's a, a trauma center. They're, I wouldn't say they're 
bedside manner is that of a family physician. So mm-hmm. uh, we were told facts, and, and that's pretty much it. And, mm-hmm. and you know, those facts, when they started, you know, setting in, it, it's just tough, you know. Mm-hmm. Uh, it really cool. is. But, but we did. We had a, from the time we arrived, a support group, uh, not just family, uh, friends. I think they, they called it at Grady Camp Commerce. Uh, is in our lobby. Of course, you know, I don't recall a lot of that, and I know, you know, Angie probably doesn't either. Our focus was, you know, on on Eric and his well-being. And just, I think think we were in shock as well. But, uh, you know, and and being at Grady, uh, probably there for a few days and and asking doctors questions and, and, not really getting the response we wanted and, and you know, of course we were praying our family was praying our you know church members were praying uh, yeah. and you know the it seemed like the symptoms and the prognosis just continued to get worse well uh, they give you that you know won't talk long term you go minute by minute, thirty minutes. Hour, yeah, they the yeah next, they wouldn't you know. give us. You know, I, I, at one point in time, I said, "Look, you got to tell me uh, what's his chance, and you know, is it 10, 90 to ten? What is it?" And the doctor looked at me and said, "Give it twenty four hours, we'll talk about it, right. and then give it forty eight hours, and we'll talk about it." And then you know, just kept moving uh, from there to there. So and the only thing we could do during that time would be they would let us every two hours or something go to the door, peep in. And I've never seen so many tubes in one human being in my whole entire life. I mean, I I don't know how many, but there wasn't one part of his body that did not have a tube coming out. He had a monitor in his head, monitor in his brain. Um, he was on ventilators. He was on, I mean, you, you name it. His um, lung had collapsed. His mm-hmm. bleed internal was his spleen had tore off, so they had to remove his spleen. Um, and then we had to go sign something for him to go into emergency surgery. And at that time, they said, oh, by the way, we're putting a probe in his head. You know, I had no idea. And I was like, what is wrong with his head? I mean, you know, I just I couldn't yeah. comprehend it all. I just had It, it was a couple of days uh, or at least 24 hours in that, that we really understood what the worst of his injuries. Uh, because, you know, his, I mean, he would, his head was not swollen. Uh, there was no physical signs of a head injury, uh, and you know, and, and it took a, it took time. I, I'd say it took ten days, maybe, for the medical professionals to actually put together what really happened that caused Eric's, you know, brain injury. Uh, but you know, and, and like I said, you know, earlier things just seemed to continue to get worse, and we just kept praying, and then. I think it was, I don't even remember if it was really the second day, the end of the second day, the third day, that actually his medical team needed to have a conversation with us. They actually called us to the room and and told us some things that, uh, you know, were really difficult. Uh, and, and, you know, because we had been asking for these answers. And, and at the time, they pretty much said that Eric needed a procedure and, uh, chances were the procedure, of course, with his internal injuries and how how much they were intending to thin his blood would probably kill him. They said, you know, chances are he'll die from that. Uh, and uh, you know, asking them 
you know, give our son the best opportunity uh, to be a whole person. Uh, and then I think at that time that Aaron and, and Angie and I, we kind of just kind of separated a little bit to, together our thoughts. Uh, as we saw him wheeling Eric, Eric into uh, the surgery, uh, and uh, then we got together and prayed. Yeah, we just we just got we just needed, uh, even though we had a good yeah. group there, we just needed time to yeah. us three. Just, we, just we needed, needed to, time, and so listen, I, and, and I think all of us at the same time realized maybe we're asking for the wrong thing. And, uh, and, and we, we then, as a group, asked God for his will to be done. Because it, to that point, we've been asking for what, our will to what be we done. What we wanted. You know, I you want know. Eric back. I want him. And I want this. I'll tend to him, do all this. But I didn't stop to think, is this God's will? But I'd say from that time on, peace. Right. Hmm. It was. Uh, all of us was peace for the first time since the accident. And uh, about an hour later, a uh, young doctor that uh, you know couldn't hardly shave is doing brain surgery. I thought of my son. <laughs> I actually uh, asked him, I said, are you older than my son? Of course, he was older walk, than 16. Yeah, he, he walks up to the waiting room, and like they would do from time to time, and they would just motion, and I walked outside. And I, I didn't got, go out. Totally I, honest. I thought he was coming to tell us he yeah. was gone. So totally we honest. I, we, we expected when we saw him that he was there to tell us that Eric had passed. And far from it, uh, he said we uh, protocol uh, required us to run more tests before we could do anything. And uh, this time, what we needed to fix is not there. Hmm. And you know, I, I didn't know what to say, but I actually looked at him and I said, "What do we do now?" And he said. I would keep doing what you're doing because it's working. Hmm. Uh, first little bit of bedside humor that I heard at Grady, <laughs> probably the only one that I heard. But, but uh, you know, from that point on, I, I thank God took over. Hmm. Uh, I, I feel like we took ourselves out of the way, hmm. and God, God went to work, and you know, here we are today. And, yeah, uh, he, I remember him saying, "I have no answer for you," and I said, "I do." We serve an amazing God, and he just yeah. gave, he just let me know he's in control but, of this. Yeah, well, we were transferred from Grady, uh, what, about two about weeks? About two more weeks from there. He ended up being there about uh, two, two and a half, three weeks, a little longer uh, than to Scottish most Rite, of them where, where his recovery, Started. Uh, really medical mm. part of his recovery began. Mm. And, uh, and I don't think Eric really has a lot of memories of Scottish Rite. So, they but, they uh, start waking you up out of a coma, you know. That's always that's still to me. I'm 19 years after this. When do you come out of a coma? Hmm. I don't know. You just yeah. they they start waking you up. He could by that time he could look around, um, but he could communicate with his eyes, but no real communication. Right. He, he no had to obey what they called a command. Yeah. Uh, before so, you know they would even start measuring any cognitive levels and and Eric his nickname's radio uh, he got it before his accident he loved to talk the first command he could answer was sticking his tongue out <laughs> <laughs> so you know, you know God prepared him 
uh, by all his talking to be able to answer with That's his tongue. tongue. The first command he could do was, <laughs> they said, Eric, stick your tongue out, and he did. Huh. So, and they said, that's a command. We, they we said, get. we got that. We so, got that. Mm-hmm. So we saw that command. But, um, and then, and then the real reality set in when you got to great, when you got to rehab. Sure. That let me know that my little Eric ain't going to walk right back out of this hospital. Yeah. He's not going to go back to playing football that fall. Hmm. God had a bigger plan from hmm. that point on. So so how did y'all see, I mean, obviously, like I, I just had my son seven months ago. Like, I can't imagine being a dad driving to Atlanta. Like, I, I can't fathom that. Um, I mean, what... I know when things like that happen, like a lot of times it's like a blur. But when, what was what was the initial like? Were you mad at God? Like, were you, were you, like, what was your thoughts? Like when 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 everything first started happening was? No, I probably was mad. At God. <laughs> I'm just going, you know, yeah. I was because that was not what I wanted to be doing that summer. Yeah, Eric was supposed to be at football practice, getting mm-hmm. ready for his junior year. We was just going to have a free, Aaron was home, you know, mm-hmm. and everything. And there I was, going to have to be there to relearn a 16-year-old son everything he knew. Mm-hmm. And, and there's always, why me? Yeah. You know, and, uh, you know, you know why, why is this happening to me? Uh, still is. Yeah, and and, and well. there's still questions, you know. I mean, you know, because right. uh, Eric was in church, involved in his youth group, uh you know, uh, volunteer in the community, work at Chicky Q. Just, just living a, a a normal life, not really in trouble, not not doing anything wrong. It just it just happened, hmm. and uh, you know, I, at first, initially, me being unable to fix it <laughs> as dad as was difficult, yeah. uh, and, and then you know, God let me know, you know, <laughs> get out of my way. I got this. <laughs> uh, but but it was there was there was frustration uh, I think in all of us but there were just so many people yeah, that that showed up at the perfect opportunity or time when when yeah. when everybody would go home in the afternoon or go home for the night which like you said it was camp commerce they had so many they'd have to tell us you know people would have to give up and give somebody else a seat mm-hmm. we just had so much it was summertime. Everybody just rallied. It was just amazing. Bring food from commerce. Bring enough to feed everyone in the waiting room at Grady. And that was a lot of food, you know. It just, it was like, it just kept multiplying. And we just started then sharing the love that was given us to the others that was in the waiting room and done been there. Some had been there six months or something, you know. But um, it was just a peace about it in the midst of the storm, if that makes sense. Yeah. It was, it's just really hard to explain. Mm. Um, especially after we got to Grady, um, I would, Commerce had also rent us a hotel room after we, I mean, after we got to Scottish Rite, only one parent could stay in the room with him. So of course, dad did that every night and I did the day shift because mm. sooner or later you got to go back to work, you know. Well, life's going to go on. You got your bills to pay. You got to keep going so I would stay in the hotel room and would release him every morning by six or something and stay back there by myself and by in the summertime since it was Aaron was there and my sister was there so different ones stay with me but I'd go back over there and just really just cry out to him mm. I don't I can't do this again tomorrow 
I don't know how to do it. You know, I'm just a week into this rehab and I don't know how to do it. Yeah. And that's where your trust and your faith comes in. Yeah, yeah. I'm sitting it, here. It, it's yeah. just, I mean, and still I don't know, I look back and I don't know how I did it. You do it by the grace of God and the strength he gives you and, and you know, the... Um, and, you know, a lot of times that, you know, we look back on things now and you almost feel a little guilty. There that, were times. That we had so, so much, much support, support. Uh, and such a loving, you know, family and church and and Good friends uh, that because so many, and, and me being there at night when things are quiet, um can be a little spooky uh, mm. uh, because you there's so many people uh, I won't say you know everybody at Scottish Rite that were, were young but there were so many teenagers in, in Eric's situation similar situations that, that had no one at night mm. uh, you know uh, and you know from time to time at night Eric when he would started waking up I think the doctors and told us that it would be they called it storming where you know he said he wakes up and he realizes he's somewhere different he don't know where he's at and what's going on and and I found that to be so true because when Eric would do that in the middle of the night and and all I all it would take was just to touch him and talk to him and then just calm down and those other kids a lot of them didn't have that and mm-hmm. and that was that was devastating and I don't know how people get through that kind of scenario in their life without God yep. without that relationship. because if we hadn't had God yeah. I, I'm gonna tell you I, I have no idea I mean Where we'd be today. maybe the way people got through it is they just walked away I, I don't know yeah. but but yeah the feeling of guilt for us after I guess after we came home and actually it settled in as to how blessed we really are yeah you know yeah. and then there was times that in in during this time that we saw some that lost their child mm-hmm. or lost their baby one was in a um, simple golf cart with his dad and it turned over and a boulder you know those boulders mm-hmm. and he and he he didn't make it but a few days mm-hmm. and then he so at the same time you like Okay, I'm so blessed, and we're so thankful you gave him back. But why did we get him back? Yeah. You know, then then yeah. you start questioning, what is our purpose to do with this? Yeah. You know, so we started then trying to, you know, there's there's something bigger and better yeah. than we can oh, understand at this point. Yeah. But you're gonna guide us through it, and we're gonna do whatever mm-hmm. whatever that may be. Yeah, I, I think just listening to just y'all story, I'm sitting here thinking about the story in the Gospels where all the disciples are out in the boat. And Jesus is asleep. And I think that's our initial reaction is, Jesus, wake up. Right, right. Where where are you at? Like, what's going on? You left us, And then what does Jesus do? He gets up and is like, guys, I'm Lord over this storm. (laughs) What are you? And uh, it's just amazing to sit here and and hear a story from you guys about, you know, because I'm sure I I probably would have been madder than you were. (laughs) I'm sure that, you know, when we're faced with those types of things, we just get so overwhelmed by the situation and we take our eyes off of God and then all of a sudden you know next thing you know God's there and he's showing his power and it's just it's crazy it, it is it's so crazy and, and and people think I mean I just I just just don't even understand how you can even 
think how I got through this without yeah. without him. But when, yeah. when we actually, uh, you know, Eric, Eric was waking up and, and, and he was starting to, to do things, one of the things that I thought at the hospital they were giving up on us was they kept saying, you need to go home. You, yeah. you, you <laughs> need to go home for a while. We're like, we can't go home. Now the Ruth and me, because yeah. I'm the Ruth of the family, right. kind of got we, really, you know, like we can't. He's do not this. going home till we get to walking or we see more. Right. He can't even talk. You know, right. what am I going to do at and, home? And, you know? But yeah. they were exactly right because once we got Eric home, two days and, later he spoke. His home environment, and he started doing things. He, mm-hmm. you know, he could. He still couldn't talk at the time, and uh, and this is when Eric probably will be able to add to the story because his memory is coming back up. I think one of his friends stopped on the way from school and uh, brought him a, uh, a slushie, a, a Mountain Dew slushie. Yeah. He, he had passed the swallowing test right. so we could start giving him a little food, but he still had his feeding tube in his side and things yeah. like that. So, And sometimes we would just give him ice chips just to kind of help his mouth and all that mm-hmm. stuff. So... She brought him a, a, they used to go and get Mountain Dew slushies after school, yeah. and um, she brought him one of those, and we put some on his lip, you know, with a straw, how you would a baby, you know, and yeah. put it there and let it drip in. And what'd you say, Bubba? It tickled my uncle. I said, hey, mama. He said, hey, huh. mama. I said, give him some more. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So he, he had a and lot of And that was the slushies. first thing he said was, hey, mama. Mm. And I had been waiting. Yeah, it, it was it was just very few broken sentences. Yeah. Uh, it was almost he, he could in words. He no, couldn't speak not. for long, and we were almost like sitting, you know, just trying to Get figure out, out what he his, put together his sentences. But I know what gave us reassurance uh, let him. is is the first thing that. That Eric actually was able to say, and Eric, or you I, figured it out where he was. You you want to share? I just thought heaven is real. Heaven hmm. is real. But he said things like, "Yeah, I, I love you. I apologize. I'm sorry. I love you, but I love Jesus. But more. I love Jesus. Hmm. He and taught." Like the purest, probably. Yes. That and you we could were ever warned imagine. by therapists, by doctors, when he is able to start talking, he could be very angry. He could use words you've never heard him say before. He could be just a really different person. We yeah. want you to be prepared for that. And <laughs> to hear somebody say what he said was yeah. like. <laughs> wow, mm. you know. Yeah, he said the road. Listen, did you say the road? Street. The streets. That's right. The streets. Yeah, he told us. And then we thought he was going. trying to say yeah. that Street's maybe the, where he had his accident. He's talking about that streets. And then he said, "But they're gold." Hmm. And I said, "Bob," he's like, "What have you seen, Bubba?" And he said, "And and we realized and we figured it out yeah. where he had been." Hmm. And, and he said, he, "I didn't want to come back." And hmm. we actually shared with a. Uh, uh, at, at the hospital at, at Scottish Rite, uh, they have, you know, pastors and, and chaplain that, that will come in. And, and we w- was talking to a, a lady that was a chaplain there at the hospital, and, and, and she encouraged us that he won't typically, 
what what he's saying. He won't remember those. He won't have those memories long. They won't be lasting. So write it down. Or you video. Know, I mean, we or video. video what what uh-huh. he says. And, and it was as Angie said, it was it was just it was just pure. I mean, there was, was just you know it was so pure. And yeah. then people would come visit. He'd say, "I love you," and they'd say, "I love you." And he'd say, "But I love you more." <laughs> you know, um, did I thank them? I said, "Buddy, yeah, you thank." Did I thank them? Hmm. I said, "You did." He said, "You know, he it was just yeah. it, it's just the purest language that hmm. you could without." And still, with him being uncognitive enough, mm. he couldn't put it together. You know what I'm yeah. saying? It was raw coming mm. from that. But he, um, yeah, he talked like that. The streets are, he, I don't know, maybe about a month or so. And then as he started beginning to be more, more aware, mm-hmm. it kind of started fading a little bit. But it's still, like you could see, it's still, you know. And, and we started, I think, seeing from about that time about eight or nine months after the accident what 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 has turned out to be uh eric's purpose you know why Mm. why he's here you know we Mm. we brought a book with us today one of the first things that happened i know uh i I think actually the book was probably first uh you know one of his teachers that uh coach uh, Greg jarvis that he had always been close to that lives really close to us would visit all the time, and Eric always had a good rapport with Coach Jarvis anyway, but, you know, initially, Eric tells him that, I want to write a book. Write a book. <laughs> and, I, and I'm sure Coach Jarvis was like, Not the same thing with us. He'll Eric, forget you, about these. You ain't never read a book. How you go, you know. <laughs> so. But must last with his memory that he's going to remember yeah. when he gets, that he wants to write a book. Write a book. Yeah. And, uh, but he would tell him from time to time. Yeah. Like all the time, and Bobby and I would just we would just laugh about it. We would just laugh. We like he wants to write a book. He can't remember what he ate for lunch today, but he wants to write a book. You know, yeah. and he was he had a, he was very yeah. under conviction to do that. Hmm. And and I think Eric planted that seed with Coach Jarvis, and after oh, a little bit of time, I think maybe it was God's plan that you know Coach Jarvis said, "Eric, you want to write a book? I'm in." So, you know, that started with, you know, notes and stuff from the hospital. And then uh, Eric's was able to get back in school uh, with the help of uh, a lot of friends friends and teachers Teachers and and the school system. Teachers uh, and friends. uh, Giving him a a chance, you know. And and one of the things, we had a meeting at the school about Eric's work and what he could actually do and, and... we were talking much like we are now, and and Eric was still in a wheelchair at the time, strapped in, and and basically, Eric just it, it sounded like well you know we're we're going to have to do this at home. We were just kind of talk among ourselves, yeah, and, not talking with him around him. And then, and then out of nowhere, what'd you say, buddy? Oh, give me a chance. He, he asked for a chance. Just give me a chance. <laughs> Again, it changed the room. Just that statement, and uh, and they did, and and made it possible. So Hummer's High School, give me a chance. And he's finishing school. He finished on time. Get ready to graduate. He walked on graduation day with a walker, uh, with with the help of friends Friends. and teachers, and and shortly after that, you know, his friends are going to college, and Eric, short-term memory issues that we 
still deal with, but he does a great job. I would say notes. during that time was probably when he had the hardest trouble. Yeah. If you'd like to share that. Yeah. They had been with him the whole time he was getting well. Hmm. If there's any thing going on at the school or church, they would somebody come pick him up, take him everywhere. But by that fall, he realized. I thought, what am I going to do with my life, man? I can't sit this house all day. What am I going to do here? <laughs> and so... What'd you, you do? Said, what'd you do? You started a rock. Started a little business. Okay. And where, and, who, and actually, Coach uh, Sharp, Mr. Sharpton helped you with your name. Where'd you get your name uh, from? John 1010. So every day should be party. a party for Phil. Mm-hmm. Live it. Yeah, so... His book named Life's a Party, and uh, his party rental business is named Life's a Party. Life's a Party. So, yeah, it, we should live every day like it's a party. It's, yeah. Yeah, we're not promised tomorrow, and that's... And live it, fulfill it, do all that you can do. Yeah. During that the best so his, his friends go to college, and Eric goes to the God party business. puts a business <laughs> in front of Eric. Yeah. Uh, uh, again, you know, it's, it's all in... We didn't know nothing about I mean, no we party. We didn't know anything well, about a party well, rental business. And then someone called from a church in Isla, Georgia, wanting to rent a tent that we had not even ordered yet. The beach tent we had at the time also. (laughs) And I was like, that's another another sign. But this is all, you know, God's got his hand on this too, you know. And so next thing we know, we've got 400 chairs, tents, yeah, tables, I mean, and chairs, inflatables, and we're just, in the party business. God, we, you know. God led that too because I can tell you the first tent we put up. It took about 10 of us. It was about 10 people working on it. Mostly and it family. it took about six hours. That same tent today. Three people can put up in 45 minutes. There you go. There you go. Yeah. Uh, you know, God certainly gave us the talent to figure this out. So. But he knew that he would, Eric said, I just want to make kids happy. You know, I just want to be involved and put smiles. But most of all, along the way, you said what? I can what? Do all things to Christ strengthens me. He said, I can do this. Yeah, we can do this. And and then, you know, again, God just has just continued to show up. Because Eric all of a sudden decides, you know, we need to to give back. And, and so he came up with an idea of actually giving back and we and he does through his his, his the the Eric Ribbon Foundation was formed over a few years and and, and and he funds a room at the Ronald McDonald House, and, and, and that place had became really important to us because we stayed there uh, for months. 92 days. Uh, or, and then yeah, the next all, five all years we stayed months. off and on. He had a lot of surgeries but, over a couple of years. But realizing through what we had gone through at the hospital and just how important it is for your family to be together. Uh, and, and that's what the Ron McDonald House we learned does. It, it allows people to be close to their children uh, that are, you know, that's that they're not separated. And and then we realized that, you know, the the house since we were there, I think the house we stayed in had like sixteen rooms. Uh, I think the the house now has. 
what, 40-something rooms? Four to five. And, and Eric's foundation uh, actually funded one of those rooms. And, mm-hmm. and it actually uh, <laughs> an annual fee to continue to give to that, that that room is, is there and available for families to be together. Hmm. Uh, it, and that's but, – but all this came from Eric because he's, you know, when we get a project finished or it's up and going, then he comes up with something else. I can't wait to see what's next. <laughs> I, I really can't. But uh, yeah. but it's it's been a really it's been an adventure. It's yeah. been a great adventure, and and you know they're just. I know we hadn't touched on anything today, as as we have just proof where God's touch has touched touched everything that we've done. And, 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 you know, Eric's comments that went away quickly about don't be mad at me. I do love you, but I love Jesus more. (laughs) That that just, you know, that just reassures us (laughs) that we're just here for a short period of time. And and there's a better place. Just passing through. Absolutely, absolutely. But while we're passing through, we're going to serve and just see where God leads us. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. And, and I just want to, you know, been going to this church since 2007, 2008, somewhere in there. Um, I remember growing up, and I'd see you, Eric, from Cross Sanctuary. And I'd see you lift your hands, praising the Lord. I was like, at that point, I had no clue what had happened to you. I didn't know your name. I, I think at some point I figured out your name was Eric, but I didn't know what happened. I didn't know. And then I went to school and I come back and you're still here and you're praising the Lord every Sunday. And um, it has just been, and then like wild game dinner, you're always there. You're always involved helping. Um, and and just to see the joy in your life, that's been a huge encouragement to me. It honestly. to me too. Yeah. I mean, it's just like. There, and I, I, we're in touch with different ones, especially early on. We were, you know, in different groups because mm-hmm. we live more rural, and so I couldn't go to all the meetings that they would encourage you as parents to go because, you know, your rate of surviving as a family was something like this and without blaming and all that. So we, we just, there again, that's where our family and friends and our faith and church has just helped us because we didn't live close enough to, yeah. to attend. Um, but, you know, I was like, he wake up and he was like, it's like a pretty morning this morning, isn't it? And you got up and the sun's shining, you know. And I'm thinking, what do we have to complain about? Mm. I mean, you know, me, me, myself, you know, mm. sometimes when I don't want to do the extra things or whatever. So God's using him even in our own lives, even mm. in my even in my life, yeah. to make my walk even closer with him. Absolutely. But in oh, your motto is what? Prayers work. Prayers work. Prayers work. Amen. Amen. Prayers work. Well, Eric, you're a walking testimony of that, my friend, and uh, you know I'm, I know I'm confident that um, God's not done, and uh, like like your dad just said, I'm I'm excited to see what he's got next. I mean, just think about all that um, all that God's been able to do in your life to this point. I, I'm I'm excited to see how He's going to continue to use you. Um, well, for those of you listening, I hope that uh, this conversation has been encouraging to you as it has been to me. And uh, again, thank you guys for being on, and uh, we hope to have you back next week. Thank you so much for listening to our podcast today. 
The Rejoicing Together podcast is a ministry of Maysville Baptist Church. We hope and pray that this episode has encouraged and will challenge you to grow in your faith in Jesus Christ, our Lord. If you would like more information about the church, our other ministries, or information about how to support those ministries, please visit maysvillebaptist.net. If you have a question about the podcast or would like to speak with a pastor, please contact the church. Again, thank you so much for listening. We hope you have a blessed day. Thank you.